ever got to four in the afternoon and thought, I have no clue what to have for dinner? Yeah, it's all about being prepared because so often you're chasing your tail and you don't have time to really think about anything. So if you've got a bit of a rough idea at the beginning of the week and you do shop and you've got a bit of a meal plan, then you can actually prepare for the week and whatever happens. Today on Feed, Play, Love, an amazing new book with all the tips and tricks to help busy families eat well. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. If there's one thing both my husband and I hate more than anything else, it's deciding what to cook for dinner. We both like cooking. I think the actual act of cooking is fine. It's the deciding factor that throws us because our kids are fussy. And then, of course, there's the time. We both work full time. So it's always at the end of the day that we're like, oh, my God, what are we cooking? Or there's the text I get from him saying the kids want to know what they're having for tea. I'm like, thanks. Thanks, love. But lucky for us that writer Ali Gaunt and accredited dietitian Jess Beaton are here. Together, they are known as the one-handed cooks and their latest book is called The Family Meal Solution. Ali, Jess, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thanks, Siobhan. And I love that I looked at the wrong person when I (laughs) I swapped you around with names. And I do have to preface this conversation that we used to talk all the time on Feed, Play, Love, what feels like years ago. Actually, Jess... You, I remember you coming in pregnant with your fourth child and yeah. me just going, what, Jess, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that was um, our, the, our second book, Boosting Your Basics. We came in and chatted to you. Look and at that. You've got your baby births and your book births. You remember what that, how, how old is your youngest now? He's three now. Oh, so, my goodness. Um, yeah. He's a COVID baby really, isn't he? Like in terms of. He was born pre-COVID, yes. but his toddler years. Yes, and it's so interesting to reflect on life with when the, the bigger boys were the same age and, and what yeah. we did and how we did it. But he has had a band of brothers yes. and some neighbours to grow up with. So um, It was okay. Yeah, some of the aspects of life and how I watch him and his emotions and partly um, his uh, you know, nature versus nurture, but yeah, very interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. Do you think it was a good thing for him? In many ways, yes. Mm, what about for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first homeschooling still traumatic with um, in the first lockdown, trying to homeschool and breastfeed at the same time. <laughs> oh, my word. Mm. Uh, any parent who had a toddler during lockdown, oh, I don't know how they're still sane. But, you know, it does bring us to this book. I'm not sure if that's what inspired this book because you guys have always been really great at working out how to cook for families, like how to cook when you've got a baby and then a toddler and so that you don't have to cook five different meals. But this book in particular is aimed at busy parents. Ali, was this a product of lockdown or, or what? Or maybe it's a product of your families getting older and, and you guys being so busy. Yeah, it's definitely a product of our busy lives because even Jess and I would say to each other, we just can't keep up. We can't, you know, keep this going all the time. And we were struggling and, and we live and breathe cooking for families. So we just thought there has to be another way of 
doing this to be a little bit more streamlined, a little bit more frugal, and we just kind of use the feedback from our Busy Busy Families Facebook group and our own lives, and we just tried to come up with a formula, I guess, of how to master the week of meals and lunchboxes and all the other things oh, that go with boxes. it. lunchboxes. Yeah. I am feeling, so I managed to do a deal with my hubby. He started working um, a job that meant he left the house at about 6.30 when the kids were smaller and it was such a nightmare to get them out of the house. And I was like, well, and he was so, he's like, I know it's hard. He said, look, I'll do the lunches. And I went, yes, mm. yes, you will. And fast forward to now when they're easier to get out of the house and he's like, maybe we need to. I'm like, no, you still do the lunches. Yes, you're doing lunch so boxes. well with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but lunches are tough, aren't mm. they? All right. Well, um, when we used to speak before, you guys were big on planning the meals for the week ahead. So before you did your shop, you knew what you were going to be cooking. Is this still a part of the mix? This is definitely a part of the mix. Um, what we love to do is to have a meal plan that is loose enough that you can go with the flow of the week, but strict enough that when you get to the shops, for me, it's a Monday morning, I know what I'm going to buy. I'm not going to just impulse buy. I know what I've got on the list that I need and I know what I've got in the pantry at home that I can use. Um, You know, groceries are really expensive at the moment. So sometimes I mix it up a little bit and when I get to the shops, if I see that something's half price, I'm going to go with that. So there's a little bit of adapting. But I feel like you definitely need a plan at the start of the week or else it's top up shops for the whole week and it just spirals into chaos. And expense. Talk to me about fussy eaters. Jess, you've got four boys. I have four boys and each are quite different to each other. So I talk about it a lot. I've got George who loves like lasagnas and bolognese and um, cannelloni and quite mixed textured meals. And then Hamish, who is sort of your more meat and potatoes kind of kid. Louis a mixed bag. You know, I think he just comes to the party and he has his preferences, but he's quite willing to try. We like Louis. Yeah. Be like, like Louis, Louis kids. And then Jude, who just eats anything. Oh yeah, I'll have a go. Okay. No, so, no, no. Let's yeah, be like Jude. Yeah, we'll Jude. be like Jude. <laughs> Jude's my favorite sure. so far. Sorry. And so he's the, he's the <laughs> lockdown baby that just goes with the flow and yep, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And, and a good appetite. So yeah, be like Jude. Um, how do you plan yeah, for that? So I have, I to, mean, I suppose you, uh, do you ever consider your and your partner's <laughs> taste in all of that? <laughs> I'm now cooking 60, like as potstickers is one of Hamish's favorite meals. And because he's probably the one that gets gypped most of the time, <laughs> I made the potstickers from our website. Like he loves them. But I made 60 the other night and I cooked 60 <laughs> and there was like three left at the end. Oh but my like, word. Charlie and I to divvy up. We're like looking at it going, what else is in the fridge that we can scrounge for our dinner? Um, Because we used to have leftovers. I could freeze a batch, but now I'm thinking, how many more can I make? This is crazy. So it's definitely trying to think about the week. So not only what have we got on, but also trying to spread their, because I'm not cooking one meal for different children. I'm cooking one meal for the whole family. So I'm considering their preferences, not catering to them. And I'm trying to adapt the meal to 
suit as many people as possible. And I like to serve deconstructed a lot of the time so they can pick and choose what they want. So if they like the pasta with the sauce, that's great. If they want to choose the pasta without the sauce, that's fine. The sauce is still there as an exposure and a learning opportunity. Um, we're asking to pass plates up and down the table. So they're interacting with those foods. And over time, I'm noticing them become a bit more interested and willing to give things a go when they might not like it the first time, but the next time or the third time or the 10th time after that, they're like, oh yeah, okay, no, I like that now. And, and there's so, no pressure around that, is that? No. If you've deconstructed yeah. it at all. I yeah. like that. And um, mm. I'm, yeah, so it's more trying to spread their preferences through the week. So I know that there's like a meal or two that Hamish really loves. There's a meal or two that George loves. Jude's very adaptable and Louis pretty goes with the flow most of the time. So as long as there's a couple of options on the table that they all love, even if it's the garlic bread that I serve with lasagna, if Hamish eats that with some veggies and some fruit, mm. then that's a mealtime win for me. Jeez, parenting is like an <laughs> art form and a science mm. and a logistical nightmare. We are trying. <laughs> the aim of this book is to reduce the mental load mm. as much as oh, possible. Oh my God, I just want to give you a medal just for that last <laughs> sentence. Ali, Jess just mentioned there a really important point in terms of the week, right? Considering what's on during the week, because that is what can mess with eating well. If, you know, you don't get home from soccer or karate or swimming or whatever it is until seven, you can't start cooking then and expect to have something decent. You might throw a few pies in the in the oven and that's dinner. So how does this book tackle that kind of scenario? Because most of our meals are using some sort of strategy to make them go further. So for instance, we've got meals plus leftovers. So we've got one meal one night and we've got, we're using that and repurposing it the next night for a completely different meal. So that takes a lot of time out. Uh, we've got freezer dump bags. So that's when you might be putting a butter chicken in a slow cooker, but you're preparing a bag of the uncooked ingredients on the side to zip up and pop in the freezer for another day. So then you pull it out on a busy day, dump it in the slow cooker and go. So those kind of meals are all throughout this book and also how to use those meals for, say, the fussier kids and for a baby or a toddler. We've got notes in there to cater for everyone. So you are just cooking one meal for the whole family all the time. Oh, bliss. Allergies and intolerances too, because so many of our community are asking for ways to adapt to, say, a dairy allergy or um, egg allergy and or gluten, wheat. So we're really catering to that. And also with the Family Meal Solution, with the rise of flexitarians and people choosing to not eat meat, we've got vegetarian options for a lot of our meals too. I hadn't heard of flexitarians before now. Yes. So is that when? Yeah, flexitarians do eat some meat, but they are deliberately trying to reduce their meat consumption yeah. and deliberately choosing to include more vegetarian meals in their weekly repertoire. You know, I find it so interesting because I would love to do that. But I have recently discovered that three out of four of my family members are iron deficient because we don't eat enough red meat. Yes. Even though I, you know, force feed the broccoli as much as I can. It's the only green I managed mm -hmm. to keep in there. But, you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're trying to feed our children 
the best foods we can. And once they get fussy, it can be really hard mm. to include all the nutrients they mm. need. Vitamin C with meals and particularly your vegetarian sources of um, iron, so your legumes and green leafy vegetables, the vitamin C helps boost the absorption of iron. Uh, orange juice? Is that what we're yeah, saying? Yeah, a little Is bit of a, orange juice or mm. some orange or some fruit or even yeah. your raw veggie sticks like capsicum and things like that. But a serve of fruit with um, with your meals and just pushing any dairy products, obviously like some grated cheese on pasta or a meal that includes dairy is fine, but including say any yogurts or glasses of milk mm. to in between meal times because that inhibits the absor- absorption of iron. I love when I just manipulate the interview to help myself. So thank you for that. And hopefully Perks anyone else, <laughs> <laughs> anyone else dealing with iron deficiencies, that's a good one to know. Once upon a time, we would talk about batch cooking and that would be where people would spend the whole of Sunday cooking for the week ahead. You're not doing that in this book, Ali. Tell me a bit about how you have thrown away the batch cooking, which I love. Yeah, look, if you like to batch cook on the weekend, which some people do, then absolutely go for it. But the feedback that we got from our busy families was that they don't want to be in the kitchen for longer than they have to be. So we wanted to find those pockets of time throughout the week that you can do a little bit more. We talk in the book about task zone and transition zone, which is just like, you know how long it takes to prep and clean up? Then stay in the task zone for as long as you can so that you're just doing those things once. So whether that's just, you know, doing one meal with two different options. If you're cooking a savory mince, then you're going to use that for a bolognese as well as the meal that you're cooking. So what can we do in the time that we have in the kitchen to make as much as we can? And I think that's a really great tip for busy families. Do you need to have a massive freezer as a busy family? We don't have a, we've got a lot of dog food in our freezer actually. So that (laughs) takes up... That takes up a lot of space, but I probably work a week ahead. So I've always got a freezer dump bag in my freezer. I've always got some leftover bolognese in my freezer and I've got a baking box in my freezer, which is lots of little snacks that are flash frozen and put in there. And I prefer to use it quickly rather than having it sit there and forget about it. So I'm using it within two two weeks usually. And that just keeps me topped up enough that I'm organized, but I'm not a slave to it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I love the feeling of a stocked freezer, but like Ali, it's not huge. I did, I did in lockdown upgrade to a bigger (laughs) fridge freezer, but, um, it's not excessive. And I find that the more things I do have in my freezer, they get lost or I forget what they are. And then I have to either throw them out and that's just like food wastage is just, hurts my heart. So I find that when I've got a full freezer, I feel good. And then I start to use that and I incorporate the freezer meals in my weekly meal plan. Yeah, right. And it's like a night off cooking almost. And then once I notice that my freezer stash is starting to look a bit sad, then I start to include more of the batch cooking meals, the dump bags in my meal plan so that I can start to top it up a little bit more. Ali, you mentioned earlier there your snack box. Did I get it right? Is that what you call it? Yes. it's We call it a baking box. Baking box. And I know that with this book, you have addressed the um, 
hell that is lunchbox packing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surely not the only other parent, even though I don't do it, <laughs> who tries to avoid this. So tell me about the baking box and how does that work with lunchboxes? Okay. So we've got in the book a sweet and snacky chapter and a savory bites chapter. Uh, and all of these recipes can be frozen, which is great. Um, and a lot of them are quite big quantities too. So you're making cookie dough and you could make 80 biscuits or you could have three cookie dough logs and 20 biscuits. Which means if you're Jess, they last a day. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we like to do things in bulk around here. (laughs) (laughs) So whether you've got a big family or not, you've got a lot of supplies. Mm. Um, So what a baking box is, is it's to help you in the morning when you're packing your lunchbox. So I set out, you know, all my recess and lunch and crunch and sip and all of that. And I've got all these empty containers in front of me and I've got some prepped, you know, veggie sticks that I put into these compartments and I've got my baking boxes so that someone might get a bliss ball or a noodle muffin if I don't want to do a sandwich that day. And then you've already kind of half filled your lunch boxes. Then you're just putting something fresh in there And all of a sudden, instead of slaving away over this for an hour, I can do it in a few minutes using my freezer baking box. And you must, once you've done that, just go, I am super mom. You feel very good about having a baking (laughs) box. You really do. And once you've got it established, so say you've got four things in there, you only really need to cook once, maybe twice, depending on how big your family is, a week. And then you're just replenishing it and it's constantly varied as well. So it's keeping the kids excited about opening their lunchbox and you do feel like a bit of a super parent. I think you're both super parents and I always have loved what you've done with your cookbooks, but this in particular seems like it's going to be super helpful for families. So thank you so much for coming thank in and you. chatting. Thanks thank for having you. us. That's Ali Gaunt and Jess Beaton from One-Handed Cooks and you'll find links to their book, The Family Meal Solution, in the notes of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.